you know, so much of the body of Christ is running on empty. And, and that is evident. And I'll tell you why one day. Unless you figure it out. Unless you figure it out beforehand, and I want you to tell you. Some of you got it already, I know. But this morning I've not got that grace. Nor have I got this doing the right the right way around. You glad you came to church this morning? You glad you came to church? I'm certainly glad I came to church. What a privilege it is to be able to come to what we call and where we call church. Church, of course, is, the body, is a wider body of Christ, and church was birthed on the day of Pentecost. Uh, and you don't need to go to a building and be a part of a group of people, or well, you are a part of a group of people, but you don't have to sit on a blue chair and be in a group, be in a building to be, to be in church. But, you know, if, if you're a believer, if you love God, if you recognize what he has done in your life, you, won't, you wouldn't want to miss the opportunity to come together and gather with other believers of like mind and uh, with the same purpose and same vision to see God glorified and see his name lifted high. And so it's a privilege, and we, do, we, are, you know, we are privileged. There's a whole lot of people in the world who, 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 who are believers, and yet they don't get the opportunity that we have. Yes. You know, sometimes when I was growing up, you know, I thought we, I was... Would hear about the persecuted church, um, and with the ages we go into the 21st century, you know you could be you could kid yourself and think, well, it's not persecuted like it used to be. Oh yes, it is. Yes, it is. But what a privilege it is for us, and you know sometimes it, well, it should always humble us to be able to step into a building. And freely worship God. With as much noise and with, with as much demonstration of his power, with as much demonstration of, of our excitement. You know, we should be humbled to think that we can do that. So is it, I'm so glad I was able to come to church this morning. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, and uh, I'm so thankful for what God is doing. And it looks like I'm just about to start speaking at the time we used to finish and wind up. Uh, six minutes past 12 on Sunday, the 30th of June. I want to talk about free power. You know, there's, there's not a lot in life that's free. You hear it said there's no such thing as a free lunch. Um, you may have had one once, but you're not going to get another one because <laughs> you didn't give one back. Um, sometimes we think that freedom... That's something for, you know, we, we don't always value stuff which is for free and, you know, free, you know, we want something for free. Uh, but there's nothing much that's free in life, is there? Uh, apart from the one thing we're going to talk about. In 1 Corinthians chapter five, 2 and verse 5, there's a verse that says that, that your faith should, be in, should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God is wanting, I believe, we believe God is wanting his church to experience something of the power of God that maybe we haven't 
recognize maybe we haven't experienced before. Uh, we talk about greater things, and uh, sometimes we just throw that statement out quite glibly. Yeah, greater things are yet to come. Greater things are yet to be done. You know, all this sort of stuff. You know, we know God is, God of, is a God of greater things, uh, but sometimes we don't always appreciate them. We don't always expect them because we don't pursue them. But God wants us to be a God. God wants us to be a people who pursue greater things. Greater things come with a cost, uh, but greater things mean uh, a greater manifestation. We believe of the presence and the power of God. What First Corinthians four and verse twenty goes on. It says, "For the kingdom of God is not in word, but is in power." So first Paul says you that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men. It's church. It's amazing where we put our faith. We would put our faith in, sorts of all, in, 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 in all sorts of things. Uh, many times before, we'll put our faith in the things of the kingdom of God. And yet it's our faith that got us to a place where we receive God's grace, isn't it? And so it's amazing where we put our faith. Faith is often a word we use without even giving it much thought, particularly as Christians, uh, when it's so foundational to our belief. You know, it's by faith that we accepted God's grace. Is there any, pretty much, is there anybody here who has never, never yeah, used their faith to experience God's grace? You didn't bring that person with you then this morning. Uh, it's amazing where we put our faith, but and yet it is so fundamental, of course, to us as Christians, where we, how we put our faith to receive that grace of God, because it's by faith we accepted God's grace. No matter how you know, well-intentional we live our life, no matter how good we are, um, you know, the simple, we do not have the power of our goodness to overcome our sin nature. There's nothing, nothing within us naturally that will overcome our sin nature, which we inherited from Adam. You know, we need something more Powerful. Wow. We need something more powerful than the sin nature that we, inf- that we inherited from Adam. And of course, that's where grace comes in. Isn't it amazing that the, the sin nature we have or we had can be overcome? But it can only be overcome by something more powerful. And that we can, and the only way we can receive that is, and that's where grace comes in. See, grace is powerful. Sometimes we sort of think about grace as being something quite gentle, something quite peaceful, but grace is powerful. Why is it powerful? How do we know it's powerful? Because it achieves so much. Because it has enabled us to, to get over something that was had such a hold on our life. You know, sin has such a hold on our life. That's why it is so easy for us to, to slip back into sin. To gravitate back to that sin nature. And we're surrounded by it so much, aren't we? Surrounded by it so much. We're surrounded by it so much. And you, you, can, you, can have a, you can overcome your sin nature and then you can find something. You maybe just see some sort of some image, hear something in your ears, see something with your eyes which just pulls you back. It, it pulls you back. And so we need something so powerful and grace is so powerful. 
It is so powerful. See, the kingdom of God is about power, isn't it? And the enemy knows it's about power. And he'll use his power against the kingdom to weaken believers. He'll use his power to, to twist things that are truths, make them lies, or take things that are lies and make them look like truth. It's with it. He uses power. But we have the power of grace to overcome. And he who's in us is greater than he who's in this world. But we have to believe that and we have to receive it. And it's that grace that enables us to have that. See, the greater understanding and revelation of the power of grace that we have and that will then in turn empower us and the believers we need we need to be operating in in the power of the kingdom of god and living in that grace and what is grace god's the grace the grace of god is his un his undeserved favor which is put on all those who call, who are called to salvation. And we're called to that through his love. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul starts off talking about how we used to live outside of our relationship with God. And then he reminds us of the power that we now live in. Because he goes on, he says in verse 2 of Ephesians, sorry, in verse 4 of Ephesians chapter 2, but God who is rich in mercy... He's previously talking about how we used to live. Dragged down and pulled into that captivating net of sin. It says, but God who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he has made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. So how is that? Because of, because of his love for us. Because of his love for us. And if, if that's not enough, if it's not enough to save us, and thank God that he saved us, he goes beyond that even further, and he repositions us. Because in verse 6 through 7 says, and raised us up together. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kingdom towards us in Christ Jesus. So not only does he save us, but he repositions us. And he repositions us in this place of authority. He repositions us in a place of victory. In Christ, we are not who we used to be. And it's because of his love towards us and how he, 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 he applies his grace to us. And have you, have you ever... Of course, then in verse 8 it goes, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And not of that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And by grace, you have been saved. And it's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. 
For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. It's the gift of God. Look at the person next to you, you know, hit him on the head, nudge him in the ribs or whatever, and say, it's a gift of God. It's a gift of God. Have you ever taken the time to really appreciate that, the, the, that we have this as a gift? It's a gift. Some translations say it's a free gift. You know, we love things free, don't we? We love things that are free, but oftentimes, you know, we say, you know, something's free, but is it really free? Most of what we take as free isn't very free. If someone gives you a gift, yes, you say, and we should be people who give gifts. We, we love to give gifts. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. But it's good to receive. Amen? You know, sometimes people say, oh, I don't want, don't give me, I don't want that. No, you're depriving somebody of the opportunity of giving if you don't receive. You know, you're, you're, you're more tight than they are if you don't receive. You've got something in your own opinion you need to deal with. <laughs> because there should be this continual giving and receiving, shouldn't there? Freely you have received, freely give. So, you know, we, you know, sometimes we just need to really take the time to appreciate that, we, that what we have is a gift, is a free gift. The unreserved favor, the grace, the power of God, and it's a gift. Isn't that amazing? The power of God is given to us. You know, the grace of God is given to us. It's a gift. It costs us nothing. And we often say things, well, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. You know, uh, you know there's not such anything as free. Sometimes you're say, you're, you have the opportunity of receiving a free gift but on the back of you signing up for something. On the back of you giving a donation. You know, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of ministries that, you know, they'll say, you know, we got a free gift for you. We'll send you a free gift after you've sent us your donation. And it was not free at all. I've, I've paid for it, but, this, but tax implications mean that they can't charge you for it, sort of thing. So, you know, and it's sort of a little bit twisted, isn't it? But, you know, there's because there's no such thing as something free. But when it comes to God's grace and God's favor, it's free. Totally free. It doesn't cost you anything. What it, what it costs you, in a sense, is you, it costs you your faith, your belief system. It costs you your, an adjustment of your own opinion. Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know what is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God in Christ Jesus. So if we take, the, take a moment just to really, just, just to appreciate this, what God has given me is free. The unreserved favor, this grace, which is the power of God, and it's free. It's a free gift. A free gift, no conditions. No gift in exchange for another gift. Verse 9 says, not of works, lest anyone should boast. 
It's free. It is totally free. We don't have to do anything for it. That's why the, 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 the Bible, Christianity, is such an incredible leveler. You don't have to have a great bank account. You don't have to have a great education. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. It's free. All it costs you is our belief system. And he says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It's the free gift. It's not of any works where else we'd be boasting about it. And then, then we read something that should blow your mind. All of the school of scripture should blow our mind when you read it. But not of works anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship. <laughs> we are his workmanship. We are not our own workmanship. We are not who we are in, on, our, on our CV, if you like. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That, sh that should, you know, in a sense, blow our minds. Because that takes us right out of who we think we are and puts us right in who Christ has made us to be. For we are his workmanship. You know, we are created in Christ Jesus. Wow. We are created in Christ Jesus. We are created in Christ. We are no longer who we used to be. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We are this new creation in Christ Jesus. We have been created here in Christ Jesus for a purpose for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, church, there is something that God knows about you that has caused him to go to great lengths to position you and equip you with his power. There's something about you. You know, that is worth nudging the person next to you. But you're a rebellious lot, so you don't, ever, you don't even do that. You just sit there. <laughs> Can't nudge somebody in church. They might have gone to sleep. There's something that God knows about you that has caused him to go to great lengths position, to position you and equip you with his power. I don't know whether you heard what I said at the back. There's something God knows about you. But maybe you don't believe about yourself. There's something God knows about you, but other people don't talk to you like that. Because they don't see you like that. You know, sometimes when we get saved, I've been saved a long time, so it didn't really apply to me in this sense, but we can get saved when we're later, later on in life and we, we get repositioned because God sees us, God creates us, there's something God knows about us that uh, this causes him to go to great lengths, to position us and equip us for his power 
and we get saved, and uh, God changes us. He dryly changes us. We have this transformation experience, and uh, we're born again of the Spirit of God. We feel this holy, feel the Holy Spirit. You know, we're just these, we're just a powerful on powerball rolling around earth basically and yet there's people in your world who you grew up with maybe or part of your family that still see you as you used to be but that's not who you are and so there's that you sometimes get that struggle um you know going on it within within your clo- close circle of your friends uh, which we, which we are i believe graced to to be a witness and to to make a difference because there's something that God knows about you that has caused him to go to great lengths to position you and equip you with his power. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in those. So he's prepared incredible things for you. Yeah. You may not be walking in them right now, but he's prepared incredible things for you. He's prepared incredible things for you. People in your world outside of your Christian walk may not see you like that, so they still see you as you used to be. So they well, you're never that sort of person. You're not, going to, you're not going to do that sort of thing. That's not the sort of person you are. You know, people, should, people that you knew from years ago should come to you when they see you maybe at a family reunion or something like that. Man, alive, what's happened to you? You're not who you used to be. I never knew you as that sort of person. How many, people, how many of you love family reunions? <laughs> but no, do you hear what I'm saying? People that you used to work with, people that you went to school with. Some people carry on seeing their school friends. I wanted to forget my school friends back in 1975. Never wanted to see them again. <laughs> walked out, walked, as no, I cycled my bike out of that school as quick as I could. You know, left all the books behind there, all the stuff, you know, get, let, get me out of here. <laughs> I want to be out, I want out of here. Uh, but some people just carry on their school friends, you know, for years, and there's nothing wrong with that as long as they continue to see you. They, they still, they, they don't see you back as that little school friend with the little, um, whatever you had. When we had your hair down here, maybe. When, you, when I had my hair in a bob. It was a long bob. I could have had it in a pony, a bun. I'd have been real. I, I, I would have been. You know, I'd have been sort of forty-five years ahead of time when I've had a little man bun on the top. I could have been a visionary. <laughs> visionary, not a missionary, a visionary. Did you hear that at the back? Stop. But you hear what I'm saying? You know, your people, we, we, are, we are not who we used to be because God saw something in us that your friend Tommy didn't see in you and doesn't see in you now. There's something that God knows about you that has caused him to go to great lengths to position you and to equip you with his power. See, God knew you before you were. God knew you before you were. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And I ordained you a prophet to the nations. If you say, I'm not a prophet, you can be prophetic. The Bible says that we should desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Especially that you may prophesy. Desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. What's prophecy is not just speaking, thus saith the Lord, this and that, and I see this and I see that, and I see you doing this. No, it's just speaking the word of God. 
speaking the prophetic word of God, that word which brings life, that word which brings change, that word word which convicts. It's not coming from your natural ability. It's coming from who you are in Christ. It's coming from who you are in Christ. So see, God saw you before you were, and so he gave. And he gave us so much more than just our salvation. Or it may be our understanding of it. And he gave it to us free. But sometimes when something is free, very often we don't attach very much value to it. How dangerous is that for the body of Christ? Because something is free, sometimes we don't attach very much value. Because it hasn't cost us anything, we don't always attach much value to it. When we've paid a high price for something, you know, if you go and pay a £30,000, £35,000 for your car, It determines where you park it. (laughs) It determines where you park. That's just an example. When you pay a high price for something, I believe it's important that we value everything we have. That we value everything because the high price for someone is a different high price for somebody else. You know, you may park your car somewhere, but someone else parks their car somewhere else. You know, we'll park our car. We have a parking space in Westkey's Shopping Center. It's right by the door. But it's a, you could, it could be a bit dingy. When you pay a high price for something, you, take, you, you, you show value towards it and you take care of it, you treasure it. If, you, if you've got someone who didn't cost you very much money, it's well, just, you know, it didn't cost me much anyway, so it doesn't really matter. If I lose it, I lose it. I'll go buy another one. If I scratch it, okay, just, well, you know, it's got a scratch on the other side, so just match the scratch this side. When something is free, we often don't attach very much value to it. And sometimes we don't attach too much value to our salvation. We, we almost take it quite glibly. We've got our home in heaven. What does that mean to us? What has God invested in me? Why did he hang on a cross and give me this? Why did he pour out his grace, give me his grace? This, this unreserved favor. Was it just for me to have a home in heaven? Was it just for me to sail through life and for things to be easy? No, it's for a purpose, for God saw you before you were born. He ordained your prophet of the nations. He gave so much. He gave so much. 
He gave so much for we are his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There's something that God knows about you that's caused him to go to great lengths, to invest in you, to position you, and to equip you for it with his power. So he gave. See, all the power of heaven is available to us. All the power of heaven is available to us. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The message of the cross is foolishness. To those who see you as, who was I? Who was it, Tommy at school with the bob? But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. You have the power of God. We have the power of God. It was given to us freely. See, and it becomes this great lever because it's not about natural wisdom. Although natural wisdom is important, it's good. The Bible says if you, if, you, if you lack wisdom, ask and God will give it to you liberally. But it's not just about natural wisdom. When Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, it says, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh and not many mighty, not many noble, or it's talking about maybe powerful, we were strong people, are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. It's recognizing the power of God. That it's not about your natural ability. It's not about your natural education. It's not about being, you know, maybe being the, what others would see as being the underdog. It's about what he has put in you and how he has made you. And it's all for free. See, it wasn't Paul's natural, with Paul's natural wisdom. Paul was a, wis- a guy of wisdom. He was an intelligent man. But it wasn't Paul's natural wisdom that ministered to the church. You know, we live in a nation that is called, is called a Christian nation. Uh, and the head of the church in England is, is the queen. And, uh, and, and she appoints people that bishop and those sort of things, and are heads of the church. Uh, and, and I guess when they, when, they, when they go and they interview people, they're looking for people who've got some wisdom. But is there a demonstration of the power of God when they get up and, and give their wisdom? Because there's a lot of things they have to go through and do, and liturgy, which is all good. It's all based on on the truth, but it can become part of a tradition. It wasn't Paul's natural wisdom that ministered the church. He says, and I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
Because I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and power. In the demonstration of the Spirit. Church, I thank God that we see a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And that is what we should be ministering. I believe as individuals that when we go out on the streets, and, you know, when we go into, the house, into, the, into, our, into our family environments, when we go into our workplaces, when we go into our education establishments, when we go on the streets, wherever we are, there should be a believing God to say, okay, he who is in me is greater than he who is in this world. You know, I have been set aside for this. You know, there's a purpose of God in my life. You know, I am his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand for me to walk in. I'm walking in them right now. I need to see your power. Because I can't do it in my own strength. I can't do it with my own wisdom. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. But in a demonstration of the Spirit of God and of power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God is looking for a demonstration of His power. He, he demonstrated His power by getting us saved. Grace is so powerful. It comes for free. It doesn't cost us anything. It just costs us our natural understanding, our changing of our mindset, a revelation of the, that we are a sinner going to hell, separated from God, bringing us back to a place where we say, okay, I receive your forgiveness. I receive what you have made available to me. I consider myself a born-again, spirit, spiritual believer. I'm a child of God. For by grace I have been saved through faith. And it's your free gift you've given to me. And so I receive it. Wow, end of story. I am now empowered. I am now equipped. Why, don't we, why, why is the body of Christ not always living in the free gift that we've received? Just ex experiencing it and loving it up, lapping it up, and looking and taking every opportunity to receive everything he has for us. I believe if I, a, if I had a bunch of 10-pound notes and I came and gave, gave everyone a 10-pound note, some of you would say, no, thank you. Others would say, I'll have hers too. <laughs> if she didn't want to, I'll have it. I, I, I believe there's a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of power floating around the body of Christ waiting to be grabbed. You hear what I'm saying? Because he has given us everything we need. He has given us everything we need. You see, just because we live this side of the cross, just because we live in the 21st century, you know, Paul was speaking to people back then in, in a long, long time ago, you know, he was saying, well, we're excluded from that. No, we're not. We are not excluded. We are not excluded. Freely, you have received. Freely give. Freely we have received, freely give. Come on, I, I, I want to be part of a bunch of people who are freely experienced and readily taking everything God has for us. Taking everything God has for us. If there's something I'm missing, I want it. If there's something available to me which I haven't had, you know, haven't had yet, I'll, I'll take it. Where is it? What is it? What can I have of God? What more has God got for me that I'm not experiencing right now? Because everything he has for us is power. Everything he has for us is available to us. Everything he has for us is available to us as a free gift. It doesn't cost us anything. And sometimes we hold on, we hold back because we don't want to receive. 
His power is free. The power of God is free to us. That same power which raised Jesus Christ from the dead is available to you. It's free to you. It's free to you. It's free to you. Is there anybody here this morning that says, I'd like to be operating and experiencing more of the power of God? If, 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 if you, I'm not going to ask you to do anything strange. If you're here this morning and you say, I want to be experiencing more of the power of God in my life, why don't you just stand on your feet? Let's have the band back up and just worship for a few more moments. But if you're here this morning and say, I want to be receiving and I want to walk in more of the power of God. I want you to understand this morning, and if you can get it as revelation, it'll change your life, that it is free. It's yours for the taking. It's yours for the walking in. It comes the same way as our salvation. It comes by faith. See, we'll apply our, apply our faith to all sorts of things, but not always to the things which are going to change our life. Yes, we applied our faith to our salvation. We got saved. We're born again in the Spirit of God. You know, we're a child of God. We have this home in heaven. But there's areas in our life where we're not experiencing power. It's free. It's free. For you are his workmanship. You're creating Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Let's worship him for just for a moment. But if, if you're here this morning and you say, I want to walk in more power. I want to be identified as somebody who is, who, where there is this demonstration of the Spirit of God and the power of God. That really just wasn't there for Paul. It wasn't just for the Apostle Paul to walk in and experience. That is for every believer. You say, well, I'm not that sort of person. You know, <laughs> don't underestimate the God in you. Don't limit the God in you. Don't be wise in your own understanding. Don't limit the God in you. For you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Why don't you just say that to yourself right where you are? Say, I am God's workmanship. I am created in Christ. Created in Christ for good works. Good works. Works that God prepared. Works that God prepared. Beforehand. Beforehand. Before I was ever born. Before I was even born. But that I should walk in them. But that I should walk in them. Then I am choosing this day. I am choosing this to start day. To starting to walk out. Starting to walk out. Some of those good works. Some of those good works. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I receive. I receive. The power of God. By faith. Power, come fill me. Come fill me. I'm positioning myself right now to receive power in Jesus' name. Let's worship God for a few moments here this morning. If you're here this morning, you say oh, you want a fresh touch from God, you need some sort of something going on in your life, you want to make some fresh commitment to Him this morning, you need to see Him do something in your life this morning, you need to see some sort of demonstration of His power in your life. Why don't you come and stand here in the front, let's pray together, let's believe God as we worship for a few moments before we dismiss. Maybe God's not finished with what He wanted to do in your life this morning. Come on, let's worship Him for a few moments.
that you are his workmanship. You are creating Christ Jesus for good works which he prepared beforehand. It, it is free. It's free. It's free. The power of God is free. It just takes a reposition of our mind, applying our faith. Let's worship Him.